right, everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Erin. I'm Clayton. And I'm your roommate's solo veteran. And I'm the virgin. <laughs> and we're your hosts. Hi, Clayton. Hi, Erin. Hi. <laughs> um, again, an early morning for us, but it's good. Yes. Yes, this, this is the time to do it. It's been a long time since we've done something. We want to bring it back. Oh, what is it? Reviewing reviews. Oh, okay. Was that a thing that we did? I feel like we used to read reviews and then we stopped because you said you thought like it was bragging. And then, but then we were like, maybe people want to hear us read their reviews because, you know, it's fun. Yeah. To, you know, like I know when I listen to podcasts, if they were to read something I wrote in, I would feel like pretty excited. Um, yeah. So then we said, oh, let's see. Let's try to take it, bring it back. But you have no recollection of that conversation. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I, I know that we said we were going to read reviews. I just I don't remember us ever doing it as like a regular feature. But I think it might have been too early on when we first started getting reviews. We were so excited and surprised that anybody was writing about it. Right. But Once it wasn't but, just the people we knew that we had asked <laughs> to listen to our podcast and we're like, a stranger wrote this. And it was exciting. But I do want to say it never it never is not exciting. It always is yeah. exciting. Because I just opened up the the Apple podcast to look for, at the reviews, and I saw that we had a, a few new ones, and it was just as exciting as the first time. Oh, yeah. Anytime you hear someone appreciating something that you do, it's really, really cool. So I just wanted to read this one from Mallory D., and the title is Love with two exclamation points. And she says... Love this podcast. I've been binging during quarantine and Clayton's voice is oddly soothing? <laughs> Question mark. I really enjoy hearing a male perspective on romance books. I love Erin too. Any girl that loves Derek Craven as much as she does is my kind of girl. And she has a book suggestion too, The Autumn Bride by Anne Gracie. I know Erin loves a series about female friendship as much as I do. And the female friendships in this series are one of my favorites. I'm secretly hoping you will do all four in the series. Yeah, totally. I've never read uh, Anne Gracie. And so I obviously she, you know, I know of her books and I've heard of The Autumn Bride. Um, so, yeah, so maybe that's something we'll put on for, for later this year. Yeah. And yeah. I love how she says Clayton's voice is oddly soothing. Like, is this OK? Like when somebody <laughs> says to you, I, I pick my scabs. It feels good. Is that OK? I mean, that's a gross um, analogy. I would think it would be something. It's, it sounded like oddly soothing, like you're liking something that you maybe shouldn't you like. shouldn't. <laughs> that's yeah, like but picking it's scabs. Not, yeah, I guess that's right. Picking your scalp, too. That's such a nice thing. That's so gross. Yeah, it's all all picking is like liking my voice. My mm -hmm. voice is like picking at something. I don't know. I've never I was just told by you this weekend that I have an accent. <laughs> there's zero chance that i was the first person to tell you that well you no, have an accent i just i don't feel like i do i feel like i i speak the queen's english what do what do you pour in your cereal milk yeah see there you go my i rest my case that's not an accent that's saying a word wrong milk. which i do a lot as we've heard from our fans <laughs> 
I I remember getting an like uh, it was early on. I remember getting like an email or a text or something from someone being like, "Where is Clayton from?" Because you said something that was uh that that was so regional that this person was freaking out that you were from like an area that she knew. Yeah. Now this is such a bad story because I can't remember what it is you said. Anyway, say the name of the sandwich shop that like kills me. Permani Brothers. <laughs> but that's how you say it in, in Pittsburghese. It's actually Permanti Brothers. When we were talking about various regional sandwich chains, you kept saying it that way. And it was killing me. I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. You can't say it the right way. You have to say it the wrong way. But the wrong way is the right way when you come from Pittsburgh. <laughs> you should put that on the tourist information. Yeah. Well, it's a there's a whole Yinzer Bible that has all the different Pittsburghian terms. Yeah. Well, but I think that's everywhere, right? There's so many places that have. I mean, you're from you're from New England. They've got a ton of quote colloquialisms. The one that I love that is like truly the meanest one is uh, the cat can have her kittens in the oven, but it don't make them biscuits. That sounds Southern. Uh, yeah, well, it's, a, it's supposed to be a main thing. Anyway, that was a long tangent. Well, Aaron, what did we read this week? Yeah, well, speaking of getting in touch with us, another great way that everyone um, can get in touch with us is emailing us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com, um, where we get a ton of really sweet emails um, with suggestions, with um uh, book suggestions with, uh, you know, praise with just, you know, people checking in. Um, I love it whenever we get an email this week. It's my promise to myself that I'm going to go through and respond to the emails <laughs> because I often just sort of read them on the fly and I'm like, I want to have a thoughtful response to this. And so it takes me a second. But uh, we got an email from Emily not too long ago uh, with a suggestion. Uh, and she writes, uh, not historical romance, but fantasy romance. I accidentally grabbed this book when my toddler was trying to run away from me at the library. It was a delightful surprise when I got home and started reading it. The author describes the series as Princess Bride meets Game of Thrones. This book has so much. People with magical powers, the embraced, shifters, strong female friendships, a murder plot, a hilariously petty dead sister, a sweet love story between Luciana, she sees dead people, and Leo, he's electrically charged, electrocuting anyone he touches. I actually like the second book better, but there is so much world building in the first one that you'd be lost in the second one. Regardless, this is a wonderful book and a lot of funny parts and some steamy ones too. The fourth book, How to Love Your Elf, came out last week, and even though it's got some mixed reviews i'm excited to read it uh the fifth and final book will be released later this year and is a romance between two shifters which maybe we should try because we haven't really hit it out of the park with a shifter but of course you guys downloaded this uh episode so you know that we read how to tame a beast in seven days by carolyn sparks so clayton let's judge the cover what do you think um it's very romance Mm -hmm. in in a way because it's a it's a shirtless guy and he is very, very ripped. Um, has a he's not my type of handsome. Mm-hmm. How do I say this? Uh, it's it it doesn't <laughs> seem like a I mean it doesn't seem like a high quality cover. Right. You know it, it looks a little cheap, which I'm it could be and. This is no shade on an author who's just trying to write books and release them. 
it's very hard to pay for a cover that is like super super professional if i don't know if this is a is she published by a who's her publisher saint martin okay then there's no excuse yeah saint martin put some cash behind this i yeah i i agree i think he's wearing like jeans and a belt and this is supposed to be like a medieval <laughs> fantasy type book That's like he true. never reads anything like wears anything like that and also did you ever watch anna nicole smith's wonderful reality show oh no i uh, no i never actually watched an episode but i would just see commercials yeah i am a big anna nicole smith fan she's an icon the person who fathered her daughter looked exactly like this guy. I forget his name and I don't need to remember it. But like, I think his first name was like Daniel or something. What a what a moment in time. It was fantastic. But I don't uh, I think he actually he was on Dancing with the Stars or something. I don't know. But it really made me like hate this book because I was just like it reminded me of him. And then it put me in a weird place of thinking about Anna Nicole and how she was, you know, maligned by the press <laughs> and listen to you're wrong about about Anna Nicole Smith. She was a fascinating character. But uh, I agree with you. He's not my kind of handsome. He looks like a pretty boy who's gotten a nose job and it didn't go great. Like yes. he didn't go to the top. He went to like the second page of Google results for rhinoplasty because he thought he could save some money and it really didn't pan out well for him. It, well, it looks like an old school. It, it looks like an, a, a 90s nose job. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like a Skeet Ulrich. They say, give me the Skeet. I feel like Skeet Ulrich has a nose job. No, just his nose, though. I don't know if he had a nose job. That is breaking news. If this was 1999. What if it's like he was like, it was a deviated septum. It's like, all right, honey. We all got a deviated septum. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should get I I actually do have nose trouble. Maybe I should just get a nose job. Bring him a picture of Skeet Ulrich. Yeah. Oh, no. Bring this cover. Oh, yeah, exactly. Give me the beast. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know I'm not the first one here bringing in the beast nose. But what if then they think about the the TV show from the late 80s, early 90s with Linda Hamilton, and then they give you like a cat nose, and then you look, go around looking like Justice? Even better. <laughs> even better. Because I feel like I have, I feel like, I, this is, God, we can't get into this tangent. Well, guys, I just saw a picture a picture of myself uh, recently, and I'm like, I have like a, I have like an animal's smile. Like what? I feel like I smile like a like a like a cat or something. Like I feel like my teeth look like cat teeth. All right. I know. I, we can't. I think this is a bit this. of dysmorphia. I don't. I don't see that for you. You have a lovely smile. I've never thought that you smiled like a cat. I don't know. I just feel like I have. And I don't know if it's a bad thing or a good thing, though. But I was just like, I, I look like a cartoon. I look like that cartoon cat emoji. <laughs> Which could be good. I don't know. I mean, listen, ladies love cats. So maybe it'll it's great. And it's more of a lion, I guess, thing. Like it's, you know, I. but it's more like, I guess it's actually more like a cat. But it's like, yeah. you know, when the cat, that cat emoji smiles, I was like, that looks like my smile. What's up with that? You're Leo. I think that's it, too. There's something cat-like about Leos. So it all, yes. I think it tracks. But anyway, so. But to say we did not enjoy this cover. I mean, I think in the background, there's lightning. That's 
great. That makes sense. I think it's just we really, for some reason, this model has really like tapped into the id for both of us in a place that we aren't comfortable with. And so therefore we don't like the cover. But I think if you if this is a dude that you think is hot, then, you know, you probably will like the cover. He's yoked to death, basically. You can see every vein in his stomach. He's in very good shape. Yeah. So, but, I mean, it's hard because we we always rail against these cartoon covers, and then when we get a flesh and blood human, I guess it's just got to be right. It it, it doesn't matter. It, it It's not like just slap anybody on a cover and we're okay with it. We, we still have to be critical when it comes to, to real-life people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure this guy is a great guy, and I'm sure he gives lots of money to charity. Right. I'm sure his mother loves him, and I'm sure he calls her every Sunday. We're not talking about – we're just doing based on looks and basing on if you look like Leo, protector of the realm. Clayton, what was this book about? Well, speaking of Leo, protector of the realm, Leo is a beast, or he's called the beast because he has the power to – some enlightening i guess it doesn't it finds him is the thing but he gets he gets full of lightning and accidentally kills people which is what happened when he was a kid because he killed his nanny when she ran over to save him after he had been struck by lightning and now people are scared of him but he still gets to like hang out and 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 be one of the king's like soldiers Mm-hmm. So he is betrothed to Tatiana, who is okay, how do I explain this? She is the she's one of two twins and is in fact dead. And her twin, Luciana, was put on an island to protect her until she was nineteen, and then her dad came and said, Hey, I'm your dad. <laughs> and you need to come and marry this dude and pretend to be your dead sister and or I will get killed. And she says, sure, dad, I don't know. And she also can talk to her dead sister who's hanging out there and hearing all the bad things her dad is saying about her. Which he does love her, but he she was a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. So she hears all this stuff about the beast. She mistakes an old guy with uh with a scar for the beast at first but then she figures out that leo is the beast and he is a hunk a hunk a hunk of burning love and they get almost get assassinated like a thousand times and then they end up together rule the kingdom and this book didn't need to happen <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Uh, we, I don't know, to just let you know up front, we had a hard time with this book. I think neither of us are necessarily fantasy people, and this book was quite long, and, and I mean... I think the thing, too, that Emily wrote in her email is, like, with first books in the series, and like we've said it a million times, it's really hard because you have to set up this world. And I feel like this book doesn't walk that tightrope of setting up a new world, setting up the characters, making it compelling, making the love story central. Kind of none of that really happens. And therefore, it ends up being a very long, meandering book where 
truly not much happens except for every once in a while someone tries to kill one of them. It's in like there were parts that I thought were interesting and in that this book was written in 2017 and it reads like a book from the 80s. Um, And it's hard to tell if that is like a stylistic choice that the author made, which I think is like cool and interesting to do to be like, you know, let's write a heroine that is, you know, a callback. OK, yeah. I think I'm interested, but I don't. I think if you're going to do that, you almost have to kind of subvert it in the end or give us a new angle on this person. But Luciana, who is the the heroine, is impossibly beautiful. She is loved by everyone she meets. She is kindness personified. She is actively being hunted for murder. Like someone is actively trying to murder her and she does not care, which is like a heroine trope that I just can't stand because I'm like, if this heroine doesn't have the will to live... Why am I following her? Because she's one of those heroines who's like, yeah, I know someone's like actively trying to kill me. They did, you know, kill my sister. My father has been poisoned. It's a big to do. I still want to help out in the kitchens because I'm just so kind hearted that I'm just going to go like help in the garden. And it's like, no, you're being reckless and ridiculous at this stage. Like you have bodyguards who are out there with you, like who are going to get hurt, too. I don't know. And she was so virginal to a point where I was just like, this is like, this is parody. Like, Mm -hmm. she did not know, like, what a cock was. She did not know anything about sex. And, like, I'm sorry. I don't know if it's that I am, like, jaded and I am firmly in my mid-30s that I'm like, I don't find virginity sexy kind of, like, maybe I want to backtrack that, like, I think that there are definitely a lot of sexy first time sexes that we have read sex scenes like it can be done. But I the way that it was done with her, I almost felt like I'm like, she doesn't know what's going on. And he just keeps pushing forward like you're going to like this. You're going to like this. And like she does. I don't want to um, like intone that there was any sort of like course of sex like there wasn't. But it's just like this isn't interesting to me. And her. Being completely like, you know, quote unquote innocent is not sexy. There were other women in this castle that she was in and nobody was just like, hey, like, so you just got married like real quick at your father's uh, bedside sickbed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do you want to talk about something? Because uh, it's uh, it's coming. You know what I mean? And instead it was. I don't know. It was it was it it was creepy. I'm just going to say it. It was creepy because also Leo apparently thinks when he touches somebody that they will die automatically. We find out, of course, that because this is a romance, Luciana is immune to that, which is great. Yeah, I'm I'm cool with it. I'm happy. The explanation worked for me. I'm fine. But it's like she wanted to get closer to him. So she just hugged him for a few minutes. And there's something about, like, that was her view of sexuality and intimacy that then to see her, like, plowed later, it's like, I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) This feels weird. I don't like this, you know? Well, did you like when she is locked in the catacombs and all those ghosts uh, threaten to assault her sexually? Right. And she has absolutely no recourse because they're literally ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. And they're was... like, I I hope I can't I hope you die down here so we can have our way with you. Yeah. There's that nothing was... Yeah, like that... the threat of rape and fantasy, which is 
just I think it's been written about, but it's it's always exhausting. And I guess but the thing is, that was such a weird that stuck out because, you know, put aside the virginity stuff. Otherwise, this wasn't that kind of book, really. Mm hmm. Up until that point, I didn't feel like. Right. This book is also an incredibly slow burn, like maybe the slowest of burns. And there, it, it got to the point where I was like, oh, is this like a, a YA thing almost? Because there was no sex or talk about sex. And the way that they fell in love was so bizarre. <laughs> like that I was just like, oh, like that's fine. Whatever. Like we can read books without sex in it. It's fine. But then there was sex and it was so weird that I was like, yeah, they. Hmm? They don't even meet until about 150 pages in or something. Yeah. And I think that was something that we talked about with the right swipe about me feeling at least that even though the book started after those two main characters had met, it was still the right place to start the book. And I know we had like different feelings of it, but I like sort of stand by me thinking that because it was only a week ago. Um, And I think that's where this book really loses me at the beginning and then never I it never grabs me again because we start so much earlier than we needed to there was so much that happened that could have been a paragraph of explanation and I don't know that it did these characters didn't grow or change so it's not like we needed to see where they started and where they ended so it was sort of like we had spent so much time with her on the island and we spent so much time of her just being in the castle and waiting for him to come and not knowing and him being like really creepy and not respecting boundaries. And it was just mm-hmm. like, I, I, it should have, this book should have been much shorter and not just because I didn't enjoy it, but just because I feel like there was a lot of fat to trim. Yeah. I mean, I, I admit I have a hard time as soon as I started reading it and there was they were explaining the gods and the island and what was the what was the name what were they they were there was a word for them embraced they were embraced and once that kind of stuff is introduced and I'll be honest it wasn't it wasn't the worst that I've ever read with the setup of the world building mhm you just can't be so in love with your ideas to the point that they can't narratively be explained in a organic way. Mm-hmm. That's my thought. Like throw us into a world where we maybe don't know everything that's going on, but we figure it out instead of the info dumps. The info dumps just put me to sleep. Mm-hmm. This God and th- this is the female God and you're going to get killed if you if you make the sign of the female god and i get it because it's a it's a anti-patriarchy type thing which is fine that's great it's not that's not the concept that i am against it's just adding uh, so many different elements and i will say this book i don't think was even the worst offender that we've read oh no honestly i think the world building and her explaining it was like fairly concise and easy to follow like it, it didn't I felt like I got it. Like there are these two islands. There are two moons. If someone's born on this specific day, they get some sort of magical power that can kind of be anything. Got it. Yeah, That's fine. I mean, I, I definitely agree. And 
The thing is, too, when you set up that this person is very rare because they're embraced, but wait, there's five of them on this island. And you're like, okay, well, that's like, you know, quite a few people. And then as you go through the book, you meet a ton of people who are also embraced. And it's just like you just have to think like, oh, all these people were basically born on the same day. And that's like harder to... Uh, I don't know, for me that I'm like, okay, so like pretty much everyone's embraced is what it is. Like it's, I feel like that's what happened on like Buffy the Vampire Slayer was like eventually everyone had superpowers and you're like, okay, well, if everyone has superpowers and nobody has superpowers because it's like, it's too widespread. And so it's like, I get that Luciana felt like she had to hide who she was because the king wanted to kill her because she was embraced and they don't want people with superpowers and they're suppressed. But then... Kind of everyone did. So then I'm like, oh, it seems like these embrace could really rise up, you know? Yeah, because so the whole idea was for Tatiana, who, okay, so sorry, Luciana has to pretend to be Tatiana. Right. Because you're not allowed to have twins (laughs) because that's evil. Right. And Tatiana is a ghost, like a spirit guide. And well, guide in a way where she's just kind of like, I mean, I honestly thought that that was kind of a funny relationship, those two. I loved that. I really liked Tatiana. I thought that it was clever and funny, and the way they acted with each other was really great. I'm pro Tatiana. There's a point where Tatiana had had been in love with one of the guards or something, and she had written all these letters, and she's dead, but she still doesn't want luciana to like burn the the letters because she's like no i love him i love him and she's like you're gonna get me killed <laughs> and she's like oh i don't, I don't care <laughs> um but that was fun i like that dynamic but she has to pretend to be her sister so that leo can marry her and kill her and then leo can be charged with murder Wait, what? Isn't that the whole idea? Isn't the whole idea to get Leo to kill to because he's the beast and he murders everybody that oh, he touches. Oh, that's like the that's the king's thing. That's why he yeah, why he betrothed them. You're right, you're yes, right, you're right. right? And that, it's it's just a reason to fuck Leo over. Mhm. When couldn't they just find another reason to like kill the guy? Yeah, I, the whole the king just wanting to kill base. It's just so bizarre because it's also it's like he's king, so he already kind of owns everything. You know just what I mean? Kill. Yeah. So I don't understand. Like I have to kill them to get their lands, but it's like, but you're king, so you could just say like, oh, I don't appoint you to this office anymore. And like now you don't have any lands. Like it's weird you would set it up that way instead of like another nobleman or something. It's it's mm-hmm. bizarre. Like the king of it all, I think, was also a little bit silly to me because I was like, you're like the most powerful person. So like, what is it? I, I just feel like there's easier ways than all of these like bizarro like machinations. And then at the end, we find out who was the one who was trying to kill her. And it was not anyone that we had known. So then that kind of fell flat. I thought it was going to be Jensen. Yes. Her bodyguard. Well, it makes sense to have the person be somebody we've already met. Right. Right. Because then it's sort of anticlimactic at the end because you're just like, oh, it's just like a dude. It's just like a shapeshifter. Uh, Yeah. So I 
can we talk about Brody though? Loved Brody. So Brody's such a cool. That's the thing. So I know we're talking bad about this book, but we don't want some... to though. We're good people. We want to love books. We want to love books, and we want to love. Yeah, we want to love all books. Brody, I thought was really cool. He's a dog shifter, like a genuine dog. And this, I think, I could read a dog shifter book because yeah. he was he just turned into a dog so that he could lie around and listen to secrets and and get fed. And I love that because that's so ingenious that people love dogs and they're going to speak in front of a dog like they would like a dog's not there and then feed it. And it would just like lie outside uh, people's chambers and just chill, and they'd be like, "Oh, the dog likes me so much." He'd be he'd be selling secrets. I love mm-hmm. that. That was so cool. I feel like this was the first time that I read a shifter, and I liked it. And I think part of the thing too is like we find out that Brody was cursed, and that he basically can only spend two hours a day as a human, and the rest of the time he has to be an ant. He's always a dog, but then for a second he's a seal, mm-hmm. which is fine. Great. Um. And I'm like, this makes sense to me because I think the part the problem with me and shifters is I just don't get if you can sometimes be a man and sometimes be a lion. Why would you be a lion? It just seems so odd to me. I just don't get the benefit necessarily where this it's like, oh, if you're cursed and you have to spend time as an animal and you choose a dog, like you said, brilliant choice. I love it. But then um I don't know. I feel like there's it's more interesting that way. And it's I, I don't know. I just think it's better. And that's why, you know, in Emily's letter when she was like, oh, it's the, sh- the shifter book is the next one. I'm like, I don't know if it's Brody. I might read it. I really liked Brody. Honestly. Yeah, I, I would not be opposed to reading a Brody romance. Mm-hmm. Well, so you would never you don't see the benefit of being able to change into an animal at all. I mean, not until I read this book and the dog thing and I was like, you know, that does sound pretty good. Like a dog or a cat or something to like get information and just like sleep all day. There's some dogs that I've looked at and I'm like, I'd be you for sure. (laughs) You wouldn't want to turn into a lion or something like like why I could see being an alpha animal because then you are you're you're not a prey. You're a predator. I guess until you're in the Bronx Zoo, until you're in the Central Park Zoo in one of those little enclosures. No, then no. you turn into a human and you say, I got locked in here. <laughs> That's the thing. You can shift back and forth. Uh, I would want to be I would want to be able to turn into a lion. Definitely. Because then I could maul people. <laughs> That's and like then, on the subway. If someone's listening to their music without headphones, you just turn into a lion. I and then you're innocent because you're like, dude, I'm not a lion. I'm a man. Yeah, I, yeah, I maul somebody. Everybody runs out of the uh, out of the car. I turn back into a human, and my cro- clothes are shredded because I turn into a lion. And I'm just like, I don't know what happened, man. It was crazy. <laughs> I don't know. And then they're just like, oh, this blubbering wimp. You know, yeah. you're free to go. We don't want to hear you crying anymore. And then I would just like walk out of the subway car, just smirking. <laughs> smirking your cat emoji smirk <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely 
yeah, I don't, I, I don't get it. I mean, and uh, and uh, and it's just something I don't understand, and I get that a lot of people like, and people who do like it, I'm happy that they do, and I think that's great. Like, it's 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 just I haven't found it yet, but I think, um, yeah, I agree that Brody's a great character. Like, there are a bunch of side characters that I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Christopher the ghost, who it was a child who was burned in the kitchen, and then. He had grown up with Tatiana and they were best friends. Like, he was really sweet. Like, it is funny how, like, the most alive and fleshed out characters are the ones who are dead. Yes. I think, and I think that was her interest. I think that was off, uh, like, I think that was honestly who the author was the most interested in. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell that she was very interested in the world and setting up the world. And she did not spend much time on leo and and luciana because also when they start saying that they love each other i'm like how why Why? i'm like when did you ever have a conversation like huh like i get they think the other one is hot and i'm fine with that and i'm also like fine with insta love too like it's not the like i think it's it is what it is it happens but i i didn't feel like that was this now and also he doesn't tell her for a while who she is, but he like breaks into her room. He knows that she's keeping secrets. And instead of like, you know, talking to her, he keeps having people spy on her and more and more bodyguards and all this stuff. And it's like, it's just very strange. I'm like, I don't understand how this builds a relationship. And that's fine if, like, I, I've read it in other books where the hero knows that the heroine has a secret. So they try to get more information on her but what ends up happening in those books and what i think is important for the romance is the heroine ends up telling the hero herself and coming clean and it's not due to him finding out the information on his own and this is like he basically finds out about her he's literally they are fucking for the first time and he's about to enter her and he calls her by her actual name and she starts crying because she's overwhelmed and then he fucks her for the first time like yeah. that's a lot uh, that I don't love and I don't understand. I never believed that these two people were actually in love. I never understood why there was never any angst. There was never any like, Oh, I get why these two need to be together. It was just sort of like, okay, because he's handsome and he's the most powerful man and she's the most beautiful woman anyone's ever seen. Then. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. And I, I mean, I think they were both, sweet people but they weren't necessarily very interesting Mm -hmm. here's the big question would you fuck them i mean luciana no i don't think so i mean i think she's definitely pretty but there's nothing like sexy about her to me that i was like 19 also she's 19 and that's weird it's not weird to be 19 but it's it's (laughs) it's It's weird for you to have sex with a 19 year old yeah i'm not doing that me um, on the other hand. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, no, and I think we've gone over. I don't find like a virginity a, a particularly feeling. And then Leo, sure. I mean, he did sound hot, so yeah, why not? But he would kill you. Okay. Then no. <laughs> I feel like in this fantasy, it has to be like we have sex, but he doesn't kill me. I have to be immune to the lightning. No, I want to have sex with him, and I want him to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to go. So I'm, I know when a yes, quite frankly, but 
I guess I don't want to die. So if he would kill me, then I would say no. I notice all these uh, comments on people's Instagram photos, like these fans who really love somebody, they'll just be like, oh, cut my head off or like, oh, kill me. You know, like mm-hmm. it's a, it's a weird thing now that it like it, it made me laugh at first. And now I'm like, oh, that's like a, such a really weird impulse. I think it's funny, too. It's like cheeky. I always read it as like, I like you so much. I find you so attractive, whatever. You could literally do anything to me. You could run me yeah. over with a truck and I would still love you. Yeah. Which is, you know, um, an overwhelming sentiment, I'm sure, if it's being sent to you. But I also think it's, like, pretty silly. Listen, I love those Gen Zs and Millennials. I think that they're very funny and clever and all of their... I find all their cultural things to be very fun. I think they're very funny. Are you trying to court a younger audience for us? Please like me, young people. Tell me I'm cool. (laughs) Yes, please say that you want Aaron to shoot you with a shotgun. (laughs) Oh, blow my head off, Aaron. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I want. So now in reviews, you can write how you want us to kill you. um, Euphemisms for genitalia that you find funny and or disgusting. You know, any colloquialisms from your area of the world. We want to hear those, too. And if it's a colloquial, I can't say it. Jeez, I knew I was going to fuck that up at some point. (laughs) If it's a colloquial, I can't say it. Um, (laughs) Please keep this in. (laughs) <laughs> of course I'm going to keep it in. I've got it edited today. I don't have time to chop this out. No, you can't. If it is also a euphemism for for genitals, that mm-hmm. is the crown jewel. Yes. Would crown jewels work? Yes. Yeah. If you're like, Aaron, chop my arms off with a machete, and this is the Rhode Island word for penis. <laughs> Five stars. Oh, yeah. Love it. That's and it would a, just be a review for you and us. That's a Hall of Fame review. All right. Let's do Goodreads list. Yes. So on a few lists, not a ton, I think one or two pages, uh, laugh out loud paranormal romance. I didn't laugh out loud, but there's definitely humorous touches. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, there were clever, there were clever setups and there were clever turn phrases. I mean, I think that's the thing with this book Like, it would have just used one really good editor. And I think we could have got a good book out of it. But there was too much. And then it just made me angry. (laughs) So, yes, there was funny parts. Uh, PNR Virgin Heroines. Paranormal Virgin Heroines, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Beauty and the Beast retellings. Yeah, I guess, yeah. His nickname was The Beast. Yeah. Uh, But I think that's kind of where it ends, people calling him the Beast. And also, like, there was none of the – and her being impossibly beautiful, I guess. But there was no other, like, tropes or anything that made me think that it was more of a retelling than that. Because his heart – I don't feel like his heart needed to be – like, his heart didn't need to be melted or whatever, you know? Right. Like, thawed. I don't think he had a hard heart, really. Right. And I think other Beauty and the Beast retellings that I've read, like the Beast is isolated and and the true Beast is his personality. And I think for this, it's like Leo seemed like a pretty nice guy who had a lot of friends. Yeah, he's hanging out, killing dragons and saving kids and stuff. Yeah. All right. Title contains how to or how not to in fiction. That is true. 
punny romance titles. That's is that a pun or is that just a there's there's got to be another term for that. I mean, this isn't a pun. This is just taking a very popular movie and and changing a few things to make it your book title, which is fine. And, I and think there's it's got to there's got to be something even before that movie that was how to do something in seven days. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like the movie was based on the article and I feel like the articles that are like how to do this in this amount of time are like yes. how to articles and then somebody bought the rights to a Cosmo article and made a fantastic movie star- starring uh, Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey. Um, yeah. And yeah, then this is a pun. If this isn't a pun, this is just sort of taking a, 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 a title and changing it slightly to fit your needs. I'm not mad at it, but it's just not a pun. Uh, so take it off the list. Get it out of there. Paranormal and fantasy books with an intricate, exotic plot. This is a very simplistic plot. A lot of people just hanging out, and some people want to kill some other people. I don't think it should be on this list. No. Dark, tormented, mushy love. No, he's not not tormented, really. I mean, he is, but not darkly tormented that I felt. No. And then pretty, like, she's never afraid of him. He, she goes to confession. He pretends to be a priest and says, you shouldn't be afraid of him. And she's like, okay, cool. Then I won't. And then she's just not. <laughs> and then is not afraid. And then it's like, okay, with touching him and stuff too. So I would not and say that's it was a great dark. move. Pretending to be a priest in a confessional. That's, that's actually an underrated kind of pickup artist move. <laughs> that's why you spend so much time in confessionals. Yeah. I'm just waiting for that priest to take a pee break. <laughs> and then I then I I, uh, I run in there and I tell one of the nuns, just the hot chicks for five minutes. <laughs> and then like... she winks. <laughs> I liked that scene, too, though. That was funny because also it wasn't him like trying to trap her like it was all accidental. And I, I thought that was clever and funny. And I liked that scene. Yeah, that's the kind of like it's like a bit of a madcap scene. Mm-hmm. Best fantasy romance, not urban. Um, no. I mean, maybe for somebody, but I wouldn't put it on that list necessarily. No. And I do have to believe that Carolyn Sparks has better books. And I would be open to reading a different one. I think it's like, this one is just fell flat for me and every author has that. But she is so prolific that I would be surprised if all of her books are like this because it would be strange. And there's enough good here that I can see as she writes more getting closer to the good, you know? Oh, I, I yeah, absolutely. I was going to say that too. It's like there's there's oh, there's things in this that we did really enjoy. Married First Romance. Married First Romance. Am I missing something? <laughs> People get married first and then they fall in love, which is not this book they get married so late in the book because these are books where it's like in the first chapter or two two people end up getting married for whatever reason for romance reasons and then they slowly fall in love even though they don't know each other to start a great example of this is after the wedding by courtney milan which is a book i absolutely love all right well doesn't that happen in devil in winter too exactly look at you the student becomes the teacher the virgin becomes the slut <laughs> The book slut. 
Um, what if I just was like, and I'm the book slut? <laughs> <laughs> I think there is somebody um, with that Instagram handle. So we would have to say uh, not on Instagram, just within the context of this podcast. Yes, I don't own the rights to book slut. <laughs> Best books featuring worlds possessing two or more moons. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love this list. Now, this is a psycho. This is a true psycho. <laughs> I do love people who put on hyper-specific lists. It's no, just so what... funny to me. I it's love great. that. and I say psycho in like a nice way, which I probably shouldn't use that word at all, but... I, I love that kind of devotion and that kind of, like you said, just very specific lists. This is a all-time great list. Gars are sexy books with imperfect, disfigured, disabled heroes. Yeah, because he got, he's got a scar. I mean, God, calling him any of those things, though, is crazy. Unless you, like a bad 90s uh, <laughs> nose, nose job, <laughs> is disfigurement. I don't, he's not disfigured. I mean, his, he doesn't have scars necessarily. I think I, he has a that... scar from being hit by lightning. Oh, okay. Time. All right. Well, there you go. Um, all right. So those are all of the Goodreads lists. And Clayton, what are your tropes? My tropes are hero thinks he will kill heroin, twins, world building, dog shifter, heroin can talk to ghosts. Ghosts get handsy. Assassination attempts, multiple. And those are my tropes. Nice. Oh, slow burn, of course. Oh, yeah. Slow, 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 slow burn. Okay, now that's my tropes. Aaron, what are your tropes? Slow burn. Hero and heroin don't meet till halfway through the book. Uh, if I touch you, you'll die secret identity in love with the wrong twin heroine is impossibly beautiful sweet everyone loves her redheaded hero heroine is in danger of being killed but doesn't let it bother her which is a trope i hate all right clayton what are you swooning about this week this is a preemptive swoon but i think you will agree with this swoon because hopefully you know this news already but if you don't I'm happy I'm the one to break it to you. The great British (gasps) bake-off is coming back to Netflix this Friday. Oh, my God. This is the best news, Clayton. Thank you so much for telling me. They shot a season. It was a short. I don't know if it's less episodes. They're saying it was like a shortened time period. They all were, you know, um, quarantined beforehand so that they could, so Paul Hollywood could shake hands if he needed to. Mm-hmm. It's very important. Mm-hmm. And they they shot under Corona, and I just saw the preview for it. They're going to do it weekly like they've been doing, which I think is great. I, I, I you know, the dump is great, but the fact that it's, it's going to be showing in Europe and the UK, and and we can't see it weekly, that's not something that I want to deal with. I want to do week to week with them. I don't want to get spoiled. So it's coming back. Now, the only difference is, so Noel is still going to be one of the commentators. I guess they're commentators, right? Because they're not the judges. Hosts. And then, 
hosts, yeah. And then Matt Lucas, who is a guy from Little Britain, has mm-hmm. replaced the woman, the okay. older woman. And I'm a little weird about that because I really liked her. And I think having two kind of weirdo comics together, two male weirdo comics together, might not be the best. But, I mean, it's all about the cooking and really, I mean, the baking. It's all about the baking. So that doesn't really matter. But I'm also not a big fan of Little Britain and that stuff. I could never watch it. So Is he the tall one or the short one from Little Britain? He's the short one. Oh, all right. He's the short one that was like, he's been in Bridesmaids. He's been in some Hollywood movies. And I think I might be wrong, his name. I don't know if his name is Matt Lucas. I don't know where I got that. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. It's the <laughs> short dude from Little Britain. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little dubious about that. But otherwise, Paul Hollywood's back. And, you know, we just want to see people bake and be nice to each other, huh? Like, that's just all that I want right now. And it's happening this Friday. And I almost cannot believe it. I am thrilled to bits about this news. I had no idea. I don't love the idea of two male hosts. It's 2020. We had a wonderful old woman we loved. Bring her back. But fine. So, Aaron. What is your swoon? My swoon is a new project I have come up with. I didn't come up with it, but a, a new project that I've started doing under quarantine, um, which is I follow a woman on Twitter named Rachel Smee, S-Y-M-E. I actually don't know how to pronounce her last name, but she did something a month or so ago called Penpalooza, where she basically set up like all of her followers if anyone wanted to be or have like pen pals. Um, and so the way that it works is you go through a link in her web, in her, uh, in her Twitter, and maybe we'll link it below as well if you do want to participate. And you put in your information, and someone picks you for name, um, and then you pick somebody else. So basically, you get two pen pals, and then you just start writing pen pal letters. Um, and it's fun because people get really into it with like stickers and being really creative and and sending these really beautiful letters. And I got my first one um, a week or so ago. And then I responded to her and then it sent back because I wrote the address wrong. So now I'm very stressed about my pen pal thinking I've forgotten her. I haven't forgotten about you, Nicole. Um, and it's just like the loveliest thing. And, you know, we talked about in the Be Koch episode, my intense nosiness. And it is like a best way to be nosy where somebody is just writing you a letter. They're telling you just the information that they want you to know, but it ends up feeling very intimate. Um, and I have decided to not look up any of my pen pals on anything social. I don't want to know anything about their lives other than what they're telling me. Um, But it's been a really fun hobby because uh, I went to a stationery store and I was I got all this like fun stuff to make fun letters. And I just the the art of letter writing, I think, is getting lost right now. And there's something so special about getting a letter um, and especially sending letters out into all over the world. So I have a pen pal in Yorkshire. I have a pen pal in Dublin. I have a pen pal in California and I have a pen pal in the Upper East Side. (laughs) And so she's closest. <laughs> I have a pen pal just like literally across the river. Um, but it's really fun. And um, so I think it's uh, 
pen pals. I'm swooning about pen pals. So I think if you have ever thought about doing it and you, and you want to sign up with a link and get and uh, get matched with somebody random or even just sort of like starting pen pals to, with people, you know, who just like kind of live far away. I think it's really um, it's really lovely and I'm having a really great time of it. And um, yeah, pen pals are great. Very nice. That's a great swoon. Aaron, so where can they find us? We talked about it at the top, guys. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. It's how people find us. Uh, if you have access to your partners or your parents' phones, have them start subscribing to us as well. You know, they don't have to listen. Download and delete. It's fine. We won't know. Um, you can always email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you know, your thoughts. Um, how you're doing uh if you get a pen pal let us know if you love british bake-off let us know if you want to uh suggest something uh if you think clayton pronounces anything weird make sure to let us know yeah anything. definitely definitely that. <laughs> email us at podcast at gmail.com we're on twitter at learning tropes instagram at learning the tropes we still have our facebook group they're learning the tropes troop we are thinking of if we're going to move the group somewhere else possibly discord uh or something like that if you have opinions let us know um we have merch the link is below you guys have been buying merch which truly trips me up so much i find it so wonderful and weird (laughs) that that you guys are interested in getting this stuff and i really uh appreciate it i think we are gonna try to start doing some new um uh, some new graphics for some new shirts and stuff so uh if you guys have an idea of something that you would want us to sell or a phrase or something that you feel like would be fun to wear um let us know that as well because we're kind of at a loss um and well then, i have a lot of ideas i just don't think they're feasible well we were thinking we were like oh we could do shirts that say veteran and virgin but then stolen valor we can't do that and uh then well, what I think we have no to pussy specify. for the man. We have yeah. to, well, no pussy for the man is is where we definitely need to work on that. But I do think if if we had romance novel, veteran and virgin, that's what we would have to do. But I do just want a shirt with my face with virgin underneath it because <laughs> I think that would just sell to people that don't even listen to our podcast. <laughs> All right, we have to find the perfect picture, and then we'll do that for sure. Um. And then next episode, we or next week, we are reading The Opposite of You by Rachel Higginson. So if you haven't had a chance to read that yet, read it. That was recommended to us a ton. So I think you guys are probably pretty excited for us to see that one. I am excited as well. Um, and then finally, Learning the Tropes is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you love at frolic.media backslash podcast. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. There is something really sweet about that somebody sat down, thought about a stranger. I mean, as we write letters to each other, we know more about each other. But and said, what should I t- tell this person? Um, and, you know, what it lies takes- can I spin? How can I make <laughs> myself look great and Aww. better than I am? God, I hate myself so much. And then you're just taking your pen and you're just going on the paper really hard until you go through into the desk. Right. Yeah.